Welcome to the Cut Flower Farming Growth and Profit in Your Business podcast. I'm your host, Ros Chandler, a flower farmer for over 10 years and 30 years as a business owner and marketing director. This podcast is for you if you're an ambitious flower farmer and looking for hints and tips to grow your business. We'll be covering strategy, marketing tactics, pricing, social media, and upscaling your flower farm. So much more. I'm so excited to introduce you to some amazing guest speakers along the way. All of you will be at different points in your business. Our podcasts will take this into account. We look forward to joining you on your journey. Hi, I'm delighted to introduce you to Tom Stanhope. Um, who runs Grow Your Business with Video, which is amazing. So I would recommend you go and join his Facebook group, and I will put it in the show notes, but Grow Your Business with Video. And uh, Tom will speak to himself. He'll perhaps tell you a little bit about his background. But today we're going to talk about what the benefits of using video are, is uh, where do you start? How do you build it into your normal day? This has to be easy and it has to be natural and it has to require not a big investment of your time. Otherwise, you're not going to do it. So we're going to talk about live video, short form reels and TikToks and all sorts of things and how you build a content plan that you'll actually stick to and the strategy behind that. That all sounds, yeah, great fun. So let's, perhaps Tom, if you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background. How do you get into video? Uh, hi, Roz. Thank you for thank you for having me here. Well, my, my sort of route into video was entirely by luck. My, my intention was to work in the world of art and antiques. I did a, an undergrad course in history of art. I did my master's in fine art valuation and I had a job lined up down in London with one of the auction houses. And I realized that I was not able to live in London on what I was going to be paid. And there was no way I could actually, I couldn't square the circle because as it turned out, I didn't have a trust fund, which was a, a major oversight of mine. And I, you know, Real oversight. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, well that's, so I sort of, I got to a point where I, I sort of basically had to completely reevaluate my life choices. And um, I was very, very fortunate in as much that my paths crossed with a guy called John Trace, who runs or ran a company up in the West Midlands called Tapestry Productions. And John gave me my first job um, back in 2001. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I was I basically had all this arts and antique knowledge in my head and at the time there was a real appetite from broadcasters for factual entertainment programs around arts and antiques so if you remember we're talking the heyday of of David Dickinson cash in the attic you know they were looking for they were looking for that kind of idea so I came in and I was my my main job was to was to come up with tv ideas to write them and pitch them but working for a company like Tapestry, which was also a corporate video production company, meant that I was chucked in at the deep end. And so the first day I turned up to work, John said, oh, by the way, um, you're going to be going up to up to Nottingham to go and film at the Capital One uh, UK HQ. 
Um, I was like, I've never used a video camera before. <laughs> so, so, don't worry, it's, it's really, really easy. Just use the auto function. And, and he get, then he gave me a list of about five things not to do. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, looked at that. I was like, right, off we go. He gave me a bit of money for the fuel. And I hopped in my car and I drove up there and, and filmed an interview on the first day. And it was like, you know, I loved it. I did it. And I really, really loved it. I came back buzzing and i remember getting back home and saying where's this been all my life and in in that in that instant the world of art and antiques was was kind of in was in the, was in the was in the rearview mirror and um i was very fortunate in as much that whilst i was there i got to know uh, there was somebody who was employed around the same time as me um a guy called george we got on really well he was he was from Birmingham and you know he'd lived there all his life and he had some contacts there and he and they he had a project that came across it. He was a, he's a director by training and he had a project that was too big for him to deal with on his own. And he said, Tom, do you wanna do you wanna help me out with this over the summer? And so we had a we had a a project that we filmed for the a group of universities down in the southeast, um Reading and Brighton and all sorts of places. So we spent a summer kind of pootling around. As, we, as our, after our contract came to an end with John, pootling around, filming at these universities, being paid really well for it. And we got to the end of it. It was like, do you want, do you want to keep doing this? And George was like, yeah, I've got, I've got another project. And we basically split the money in half. And, and that was that. And we, the sort of initially that business kind of grew and we, we focused on public sector and, and, and that was kind of our main, um, <clears throat> our main focus. And then of course the, financial crash happened and uh, uh, <laughs> which one yeah uh, so the, the, you know so the credit crunch 2007 2008 all the public sector work disappeared we were employing about 10 people at the time and our business folded which was brutal and horrible and i wouldn't wish it on anybody but so people have had one of those Tom. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's funny it's taken me a long a long time it took me a long time to come to terms with the fact that with that sort of failure but actually my god what a learning experience so i came off the back of that and sort of re we rebooted we sort of went our separate ways because i think the kind of the the traumatic experience you know i didn't we didn't really feel like we could <laughs> keep going um as much as we liked each other it wasn't it, it didn't feel like the same sort of energy and sort of excitement was there so we we moved on and then i sort of found myself i found myself sort of flying solo but not quite solo because i was running the business with my now wife una who is ex-bbc and our, our paths we've known each other for years and years and our paths crossed around that time we kind of we got together and ended up getting married and she's <laughs> got a huge amount of experience in 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 sort of media production with kind of the bbc having been a bbc producer so she's got you know so we, we run the business together now and um it is a ah oh, you know it's a very different world now yep absolutely and it's all about video of course yes so absolutely. what what are the benefits of using video i use it a lot in my business i use it for testimonials of sort of brides and grooms let's say or i might use it as testimonials for people who've been on courses or i might use it as um yeah, I obviously use it in TikTok and I use it on Reels and obviously with Instagram coming out now and saying it's all about video and not about the static photograph anymore. Um, it it means we've got to go there. So, you know, 
tell us, you know, what, what are the benefits of, of using video in our business? Okay. So fundamentally, you've got to remember that every sort of marketing transaction, as it were, has a human being on the end of it. We're all, it's all about us talking to another human being. And fundamentally, humans are hardwired, sort of um, neurologically hardwired to respond well to stories and to visual imagery. So video is, is a perfect storytelling tool. If you think of the kind of um, the conversion matrix um, for, for marketing and sales, along the bottom, we've got, um, we've got conversion going from very bad at converting all the way through over to being high converting activities. And then on the on the the uh, the y, y axis, God, I can't remember that. The y axis, the one going up, is, yeah. <laughs> is its scalability. So if we think about active marketing and sales activities, we know that face to face is high converting. If if you are the sort of person who's selling products or services, getting a sit down meeting with somebody is much more likely to deliver a sale a result. Now, you can't scale up yourself. You can build sales teams, but you'll never replicate your own sales no, Done power. that. Been yep. there. Yeah. <laughs> very, very difficult. In fact, it's, it's impossible to do. You can't do it. So as frustrating as it is, you're never going to be able to scale up your own sales ability just by, you know, you can't, you've only got so many hours in the day. So you've got to think of other ways to get your message out there. Now, there are other things like, direct mail, email marketing, which are very high scaling, but very low converting. Video is both high scaling and high converting. So using video as part of your marketing and sales process is, is a very sensible thing to do simply because the stats bear this out time and time again. Video is a good conversion tool. It not only helps people understand what you do, it helps people move from being prospective customers to being actual customers. And there are lots of ways you can do that. But essentially, you're leveraging many of the benefits of face-to-face -face selling, but in a scalable way. So it's about rapport building. It's about familiarity. It's about consistency of message. It's about likability. All these things that are the kind of the reasons we buy, we emotionally buy from people. You can replicate that with video in a way you can't with, with a lot of other marketing techniques. So for small business owners, solo entrepreneurs, all the way through to multinationals, using video as a, as a storytelling tool, as a selling tool, gives you an edge over your competition because it is scalable and high converting. That's why you use it. That's why you definitely, I mean, that's why I've used it in my business for absolute certainty. So, so where do you start, Tom? I mean, you've got to, I mean, you have to start. And yeah. obviously these people are really busy. Personally, I think flower farmers have the best content in the world because let's, let's admit it's farming and it's flowers and it's beautiful, number one. So they don't have to sit at a screen talking about, you know, the maths of life. Or something which has, and on, you know, in all their channels, they have to, they have imagery which no, everybody else would die for. Beautiful. So it's about how do they build this stuff? Where do they start in their busy days, and and how do they make it so they do it every day? You know, it's got to be natural. It's got to, you just got to bite the bullet and go for it. But how do they start? Yeah. 
Well, they, I, th I think you've, you've touched on a few really important points there. Most small business owners are time poor because we are because we are doing so many different functions within our business. When someone says, oh, you've got to be doing TikTok, you've got to be doing Instagram, you've got to be doing YouTube, you've got to be doing Facebook, you think, oh, my God, where do I start? How can I, how can I do these things and, you know, actually run a business that makes money? And <laughs> fundamentally, when, you know, if you're if you're not running a video production company, your job isn't to make videos. Your job is to is to grow flowers. Yeah. You know, your job is to, your job is to is to produce beautiful flowers to sell. It is not to make videos. You, the videos, in and of themselves, do not make you money. They help you sell more of the thing that makes you money. Video should be doing one of two things. It should be either saving you time or making you money. If it is not doing those two things, it is not succeeding. And I believe that, that successful video is, is backed up by an understanding and a kind of a comfort with four main pillars. You've got strategy, you've got story, you've got the technology, and you've got, oh God, I can't remember what the fourth <laughs> pillar is. Um, um, story, oh man, it's been so hot. That, so I will go through these one by one. And by the time my brain boots up, I will remember. So strategy. Having a very clear plan for your content will give you a number of benefits. So tell me if this sounds familiar. And you'll have seen this on YouTube channels where you have people's sort of content. And it's the same for Instagram or TikTok, where people's content, start they, they come out of the gates racing and you will you will see really beautiful content for maybe one two three weeks and then the consistency starts to fall off people miss a day or they miss a week and they think oh never mind i'll make it up next week and soon enough something else happens in the business and people miss another day or miss another week and all of a sudden all of those good intentions about producing regular content fall by the wayside. Now, that's the sort of the death knell for, for kind of audience development. So fundamentally, as I say, there's, there's human beings on the end of all this, all this kind of, um, all these transactions, these marketing and sales transactions. It's the same with our audience. So first of all, you have to develop a very clear picture of your audience. Who are you talking to? Why should they be listening to you? What benefit are they going to get from it? Be very, very clear about who your ideal audience is, because all of your content is going to be focused on that group. You're not making it for a general audience. You're making it for the people who are going to buy from you. Now, that that audience may divide into different sections. But you have to be very clear about who you are talking to, why you are talking to them what problems you're looking to solve with your content. So it's not enough to just create really beautiful content. That's lovely. That's great. That's, that's going to get you engagement maybe on, on Instagram and so on and so forth. But ultimately, when you're producing video content, you need to be selling an idea to an ideal audience, people who are going to either buy from you or advocate strongly for you. And so getting clarity around who you're talking to is, is the first piece of the strategy. The second piece of the strategy I like to think about is the journey you take people on. So imagine uh, a funnel 
And at the top, you've got all the people who've never heard about you. And then as you as you go down that journey, as somebody enters your world, they go through the process of never having heard of you before to having heard of you to learning a little bit more about you to considering buying from you to actually buying from you. And then they flip over into the customer care section. And that could be telling existing customers how to get the most out of your product or telling existing customers what else you've got they can buy. So there's a, there's a very definite journey that people go on and you've got to be clear about who's going on that journey and what journey they're going on. Now, the third part of this is this, is this other um, this other pillar, the story. Every business has a story. Every business owner has a story. And every story should be aimed at your ideal audience member. We are taking them on a journey. Now, storytelling is, is hardwired into us, as I said. We, we love a story. And it's because we are sort of narrative creatures. We love, we love explaining our position in the world to other people through stories. That's why we that's why we paint on cave walls that's why we make films and everything in between it's because stories make sense of the world so you need to be taking your ideal audience on a on a on a story journey and a journey that will engage them now one story structure that works it's worked for about 10,000 years is the is the is the hero's journey the hero's journey is a story that works because we are very, very familiar with it. And when we are telling stories in our business, we are not the heroes. We are the wise advisors. We are the Athena, we are the Merlin, we are the Obi-Wan. We are the people taking the hero, who is your ideal audience member, your, your potential customer on a journey. And what, the, and what we as the wise advisors do, we help the hero along the way. So it could be that they have a problem. And the hero's problem could be that they don't have lovely flowers for their wedding. And then you have, you present a solution. Hello, I'm Roz. Hello, I'm Tom. Hello, I'm Jeff, whoever Jeff is. And I've got lovely flowers. And, my lovely, I, I, and then you can tell a story about who you are and why you're the person to help. And then you can talk about your solution. Most people stop when they say, I've got a solution. But in a good story... You need to take the next steps. You need to show the hero what to do with your lovely flowers and then present a picture of either success if they take action with you or failure if they don't take action with you. And then at the end, in these, in these stories, we see the hero transformed. So when I'm talking about my business, I say that I help camera-shy entrepreneurs go from nervous video novices to confident creators. That's the transformation that happens in my story. And there's a whole bunch of pieces that I bring to that story that I can, I won't use them in every single video. I won't use all the pieces in each video, but I'll use each piece of the story to help my ideal audience member on a journey from not having bought to having bought. And so as, as people who own businesses, Get clear on your audience, get clear on the journey, get clear on the story. Now, I've remembered the other piece of my, my other pillar. So the other two pillars are, are, are kind of the technology and skills and the mindset. And mindset is really, really important because 
as content creators, we put a lot of barriers in our way that stop us even pressing record. And you can have the best strategy in the world, but if you're not pressing record and getting in front of the screen, in front of the camera, to get on screen, what's the point? Some people will say, oh, you don't need to be in front of the screen. You can just you can just use you can just use text and image videos. And that is wrong. That is just straight up wrong because people buy from people is the old is the old sort of adage. But also there's a wonderful psychological kind of uh, I want to call it a hack, but it's not really. The mere effect. The mere effect is a wonderful piece of psychology, psychological kind of reality where people tend to favor that which they are familiar with. And not just in a kind of a, I like you. It's just if they've seen you lots. So if, if two people who had exactly the same product, exactly the same price, and exactly the same solution, were both selling to an individual, and that individual was had seen one of those people more than the other, they are exponentially more likely to pick the person they are familiar with because through the act of seeing that person, we build, we build a sort of, we build a bridge with them. And we, we can, we might know nothing else about the person other than that we've seen them lots. They might be an awful human being, but they'll still be more likely to buy <laughs> if they've seen them more, which is bonkers. So video can give you that edge of being of being a familiar choice you build trust through familiarity so so that that's a that's a great thing to do so so getting into a mindset where you're thinking actually being on camera is it you know it's not just about it's not about vanity it's not about there, there's some really good reasons why you do it now a lot of us will shy away from being on camera because we don't like the idea of seeing ourselves on camera and that is that's also rooted in some interesting psychology which you can kind of overcome now that to very very quickly condense this when you see yourself on screen you're seeing a flipped image to the one you would normally see in a mirror if you build you build your internal self-image through seeing yourself in reflections so when you see yourself on camera on screen there's part of your brain your, there's the, sort of the logical part of your brain which goes yes i know that's me but then there's a slightly deeper part which goes, nope, that's not me. I don't like that because our faces aren't symmetrical. And when we look at a flipped image of ourselves, we go, no, I don't recognize that. I don't like that. You know, my, I've got a slightly wonky ears, my chin's a little wonky. So I know that when I look at myself on screen, there are differences, but you have to re-educate yourself. So the way I did it with me, because because I, I hid behind the camera for years and getting back in front of the camera was a bit of a painful process. So I, I just I just took some screenshots of myself looking straight down the lens of the camera, printed them out four or five times and put them up in places where I'd see them regularly and re-educated myself so that when I saw myself on screen, there wasn't that kind of, oh my God, who's that fat bull bloke? You know. <laughs> So, so I, I know, this... I've done that. <laughs> Not that I'm a fat yeah, ball yeah. bloke, but I have definitely done that. What's the best angle? What's this? Yeah. And now I've got to the stage where I'm certainly doing reels and I'm doing yeah. stuff and I'm getting out there. I don't care. Yeah. Honestly, I have got to that point. And now I get people who I've never met or people that I've, I've met someone the other day and her daughter stopped me in the kitchen and said, oh, Roz, I'm sharing all your reels. They're really funny. And she's a 25-year-old. And I went, 
Oh, they're really funny. She says, yeah, they're so natural. You just do them. You don't edit them. You can tell then that you haven't edited them because the other day you banged your arm. And they're not, they they want you to be natural and they want you to bang your arm and they want you not to put stacks of makeup on and sit in front of a camera. And mine, I would say, are more raw than any. So if you if anyone wants to follow my reels, they'll see that I have definitely got to the situation of not caring. Um, because otherwise I'm never going to get out there. I'm I'm never looking great in the garden. You know, it's filthy. I'm it's hot. I'm collecting flowers. It's it's just not a natural set. And you kind of just I've gone with it now. But I think I think it takes a bit of mindset. It does, and and that's why I think it's one of those those important pieces that you need the puzzle you need to get into. And then you've got then you've got the sort of the video skills side of it, which is you know the way I describe it that fourth pillar of skills. It's a very it's a it's a very short steep climb you have to do to get yourself to a, a sort of a, a gentle incline getting to your, getting yourself to a point where video feels doable it, it it's it sometimes feels like a very steep climb so you know you've got the filming you've got the editing you've got the you've got the tech the delivery technology and it can look a bit baffling and it can look a bit overwhelming but really it doesn't take much to get up and over onto that sort of gentle incline where the learning is constant but actually much more manageable so as, as business owners, as busy business owners, you have to take the attitude, how can I, what video can I create in order to fit it into my daily lives? And so one of the things I like to sort of think about when we're talking about sort of biz, busy business owners who, who kind of, who are the content creators themselves, but whilst also at the same time, you know, running, a, running the sort of production side of the business Look at lives and look at short form content. Use live video when you are out on the farm. Just do it. You can do short five, 10 minute lives where you can just quickly get the phone up. You know, if you've got a try, just have a tripod with you and a little microphone, put it up, put the phone up, deliver a, deliver a quick live, just telling people what you're doing. It's really easy to forget that certainly with a job like farming, it's like, it's a rare job. Not many people do this. Flower farming, even more so. So people are going to be naturally interested in 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 the just the ebb and flow of your year, what goes on on a daily basis, and you can tell that story, build that familiarity, and it could only be that you're doing you know five or ten minutes every other day, you know, or, or you know just something that easy, telling people what's in season, what's coming up, what's growing now, you know, it it, it it's a it's an education process that you're looking to get it, you know, getting into people's taking up a little bit of space in, in somebody's mind is a wonderful thing to do from a marketing perspective. If you can kind of, you know, if you can be the person that pops into their mind when somebody thinks flowers, then you've got, you, you've got a bit of rent free living space in somebody's head. And once you've got that, they are far, far more likely if they are your ideal audience to buy from you but make it easy on yourself so the lives lives are a very easy way to get video content but also the short form stuff like reels on instagram short form stuff on youtube youtube shorts are great at the moment they're being algorithmically pushed hard so short form content on on youtube is is well worth looking at and tiktok so if i was giving if i was writing a video prescription for for the flower for flower growers i'd say Get your strategy straight, first of all. Know what you're saying, to whom, how and when. 
then get your story straight get your mindset right then spend a bit of time mastering the technology and then just focus on lives and short form content and build an audience that way and that's it that's what i do <laughs> yeah. that sounds simple but um content strategy obviously isn't simple but actually just think about it you know i think just now just talking to you, tom about what i'm going to do tomorrow and um because I, I have got a content plan thank goodness um because i'm a marketeer <laughs> yeah. and you would expect me to so at the moment it's boiling hot so tomorrow we're going to film in oh the greenhouse you know the four ways to keep yeah. the greenhouse cool and we're going to make it a bit of fun. We're going to be painting the windows. We're going to be putting water on the floor, all that sort of thing. So that's one. The second thing that we're really busy doing at the moment is picking flowers to dry for the winter. So we might do the 10 top flowers to pick in your garden that you're going to dry. The next thing you might do is you might do a time-lapse video on collecting sweet peas. Because at the moment, that's all you do every day because you need to. It's every day and it's really quite time-consuming. And you just keep picking them. So you can bank content, you can you can do some, you know, you can do two or three or four or five or, you know, if you want to do one for every day of the year, you can bank it. But, you know, even try to just get a month ahead in your content plan and just try and keep it going. I mean, the thing about it is you need to be regular, you need to be consistent, you know, don't commit to doing it every day if you can't. It's a bit like podcasting, Tom, you know, I podcast and I commit to do yeah. it once a week. Sometimes that's quite a challenge and, you know, you just keep going with it and it's quite challenging. But once you've committed, you're in. So don't commit to do, you know, an IGTV video on your Instagram account every single day if you can't no. commit to it. So be realistic is the thing I would think about that. I think that's it because, you know, I, there's no better way to set yourself up for failure but than by but by making ridiculous kind of if – you, if you've never done video before and you say, I'm going to do a video every day, you can't, can't, it's very <laughs> difficult to dial back from that position if you, if you got, you know, but if you go in and say, I'm going to do one live a week, start off with that. And then, and, but, but make sure it's aimed at the right people. And that, that's the way to do it. Yeah. And if you've loved listening to Tom today, as I do, I could listen to Tom all day. You need to join his Facebook group, Grow Your Business with Video. It's fabulous, full of hints and tips. And Tom will be in there and it'd be honestly just join it. And that will be the best thing you can do this year to get your video going in your business. So, Tom, thank you very much for joining me. And yeah, get over to the Facebook group. This has been your host, Ros Chandler. If you'd like to know more about growing your cut flower farm, do join our Facebook group. It's called Cut Flower Farming, Growth and Profit in Your Business. Many thanks.